So we are in our last part of our series, Sour, part four of Sour. And I really hope that you've been challenged by the series because I've been challenged by it. And if you're holding on to some offenses and you feel like you have the right to hold on to some offenses because of what people have done to you, I really hope and I really pray that you have been challenged to let these offenses go. Uh, when I was thinking about a series that we did a couple of months ago called The Pursuit of Excellence, I shared about how I made it to the Auckland Championship Secondary School finals in wrestling. I made it all the way to the finals by doing one move. One move, one move it was my secret source. It was my, it's something that I had developed, and that one move took me all the way to the finals. However, I didn't share to anybody how I actually did that move, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to share to you the secret move of mine that got me to the finals, right? So next time you're in a wrestling match, do this move, you'll get to the finals. Okay, but only on one condition. The condition is this, is that you won't tell anybody, okay? Keep this between you and me. You guys promise? Keep this between you and me and everybody that's listening on podcasts. Okay. <laughs> so what, uh, what I need, I need a volunteer. Caleb, is Caleb in here? Where's Caleb? Caleb, Caleb, can you come up here, Caleb? I need a, I need a good volunteer. And um, so in wrestling... The, the, uh, the starting posi- posi- position of a, of a wrestler when you start, so come on, Caleb. Uh, I, I was looking for somebody, um, somebody really strong and fit, and um, I couldn't find that person, so I asked Caleb to come up instead. No, just kidding. He, this, guy, this guy's a specimen of fitness. And so when, when, you st- when you wrestle, your starting position, you put your hand, one hand behind your opponent's neck, do that, and then one on your, on your opponent's elbow. And in wrestling, this is your starting position before you start wrestling. And what you do is you're taught to keep your, your leading leg not too far forward. So you just move your leg. So if, because like if it's, if it's forward, bring your leg forward. If it's forward, in wrestling, you're taught, if, you, if, the, if your opponent's leg is forward because they're lazy, is to, the first thing you do in wrestling is you drop, you grab their leg, you pick up, and you dump, and then you better do a pin, right? <laughs> that's, that's what you're taught. So the move I'm going to share to you is my secret move. It's called the trap. So we go to a starting position. This is the move. This is what got me to the finals. Okay, so I purposely put my, my, my leg as far forward as possible. Why? Because I'm anticipating the opponent is going to go for my leg. And you know, nine times out of ten, they go for it. The tenth time was in the finals. That's another story. So, and I'm anticipating. So just pretend you're going down for my leg. So they're going down. Just pause right there. So as he's going for my leg, this is the bait. Okay, what, what I then have to do is I quickly drop my arms underneath his armpits, and then I go, and I go for a lock. And once I've got a lock, I've got him in full, I've got him in control, okay? Full control. So what I can do, I can go to one knee, he comes down. So I've got him in total control, I've got him trapped. And then all I do is roll him over and pin. Give, give Caleb a hand, didn't he do so well? Fantastic. Thank you. I, I needed somebody strong that I could actually do that because I chose somebody, he, he was really strong, however, he couldn't, I couldn't get a lock on him because I didn't want to hurt him. Uh, but for Caleb, I knew I can lock, put a lock on him. That's the trap. That's called the trap, and that's the move, and, it's done, and that's the secret move, okay? But they have to go for the bait. Now, it's really interesting because in, in uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 1, uh, it's really interesting what Jesus said. Jesus makes the statement. He said, it is impossible that no offenses should come. It is impossible that no offenses should come, meaning that throughout life, you're going to have an opportunity to be offended. Every single one of you in this room will have an opportunity to be offended. You will. It will come your way. And it's really interesting because the, the Greek word that Jesus uses for the word offenses is the, is the word scandala. 
Scandala means the bait stick that a, that a hunter would use to, to lay his trap. He'll lay the scandala, the bait stick, so a poor suspecting prey will come along, and he takes the bait, the scandala, then, uh, then the trap will drop and capture him. So in my wrestling move, my left leg was the scandala, was the bait, was the come on, take the bait. And once they go for the bait, the trap is set, and you've got them, and you're in full control. So in other words, what Jesus is saying is this. He's, he's saying that the bait of the devil is offenses. Now, if you take the bait and you are offended, you are then caught in the devil's trap. So if you're carrying an offense, what Jesus is saying is this, is that you're being fooled by the devil. You think, well, you know, I've got the right to be offended. Yeah, that's right, because you've been baited in by the devil, and you are being fooled. You're in a trap, and you don't even know you're in there. You've been fooled. If you're holding onto a fence, as we learned last week, as the Bible tells us, even if you've been a Christian for 20 years and you carry an offense, the Bible tells me that you're an immature son or daughter. Daughter. That's not my words. That's the, that's the word of God. And so the bait stick will lure you in. And you know, it's really interesting because if you've been coming along to these, this, these series, you'll be like, you know, I really need to let go of some of these offenses. And so you're like, okay, okay past sense, I'll do it. I'm going to forgive them. I forgive them for what they did to me. Okay, and you okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And this is what, what's happened. You've kind of like forgave them and you, walk, and you go through life as per normal. And then you see the person that offended you and you look at them and they're so happy. And you think, why are they so happy? That, they, I've got no right to be happy. And they're so blessed. Why are they blessed? They shouldn't be blessed because you know what they did to me? They did this, they did that, they did this, they did that. Then you go home and you start thinking about what they've did to you. It's like a recurring um, uh, record play that's going round and around. What's just happened? You've just re-picked up the offense. And you go, oh, Lord, so, oh, Lord I forgive them. You drop it again and you see it and it happens again. You pick it up again. Does anybody ever, do you struggle with trying to let go of offenses? We struggle all the time. So if you're looking for a title of this message, it's called Escaping the Trap escaping the trap. It's, it's letting go of the offenses and never picking it up again. If you're being offended with somebody, the t- this message is all about never picking. How do I not pick it up again? How do I escape the trap? And that's this message. And what's really, really fascinating, it's really interesting, because Jesus says in Luke chapter 17, verse 5, this is like four chapters later. <laughs> in fact, the apostles, the apostles, the disciples go to Jesus, Jesus, increase our faith. Lord, increase our faith. And, and so if we look at this verse in isolation, we're like, okay, yeah, well, you know, Jesus walked on water. You know, he, 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 he drove out demons and he healed, he healed the sick. Uh, he raised the dead. So maybe, maybe the disciples, it's, it's understandable to think that the disciples said, well, Lord, increase our faith so we can do those miracles as well. But when we read verses 3 and verse 4, Jesus is saying this to his disciples, take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. So it wasn't the miracles that the disciples were saying, Lord, increase our faith. It was the fact that Jesus said, you need to let go of these offenses. They go, what? But Jesus, you don't know what they did to me. I have the right to be offended. You let go of these offenses. Forgive them. And the disciples were like, Lord, you need to increase our faith. I don't know if I can do this. Increase our faith. So why do we find it so hard to let go of offenses? Why do we harbor offenses when we try to let it go? And this is what I'm going to call up my man, Caleb. We can come back up on the stage. And so this is, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like this. Now, Caleb, he's my gym trainer. He puts me through a lot of pain, which is why I'm getting up here uh, today. And let me tell you something. 
you know, uh, I, I may look bigger than this guy. This guy can lift way more than I can. This guy's a machine. You know, I'm pretty sure. Are you, are, you, are you the Terminator? I'm not too sure. This guy is strong. So just, just, stand, just stand like this over, over here. So like for this case, if I go up to Caleb and go like this, I hit, I hit him really hard. I purposely hit him really hard. Okay. And, and are you okay? Okay. He's okay. He's fine. He's fine. Okay. Yeah. He can wait till Monday. <laughs> yeah. I'll get you back on training. Yeah. Okay. No worries. All good. Well, I'm good. I've got no offense. No. Now, you know, sometimes we get hit by something and, and he's fine. It's like water off, off a duck's back. But, so he's fine. But let's just say, whereas over here, let's say, just stand over there. Just stand there. Just face me like this. Now, let's just say I pick this up and I, and I whack them with this. I'm going to whack them with this. Okay. <laughs> What's, what, what will I do to, to Caleb? I'm going to. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> okay, okay. What I'll, I'll, I'll hurt him, but let's go a step further. I'm going to wound him. I'm going to wound him. So some offenses, we kind of jolt us, but, but we're fine. We, 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 kinda, we move on. We're okay. But then there are other offenses that wound us. And this is true of every wound that you have. A wound that is not properly treated will ultimately destroy your life. Not just destroy it, but will ultimately kill you if you do not treat your wound. Thank you. Thank you, Caleb. Here you go. Give him a hand. Give him a hand for Caleb. I just pray that he doesn't make me lift heaps of weights on Monday. Uh, but, you know, you have to be intentional about healing a wound. Because if you don't heal it, it's going to ultimately kill you. You have to be intentional, right? And it's like offenses. We have to exercise our mind, our conscious mind, to be intentional by healing the offenses that happen in our lives. You have to be intentional. You have to re- Honestly, when I, f- when I first started training, this is way before for Caleb, and I remember I was like on a squat rack. And the, and the trainer was putting more weight on, more weight on. Got to a point where my right knee was like screaming out, stop! And I was going, oh, well, I said, oh, look, I'm sorry, my right knee, it's an old rugby injury. Okay, because that's, that's the manly thing to say, right? It's an old rugby injury. But you never played rugby. Doesn't matter, sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's an old rugby injury, you know? And you know what the trainer said to me? He said to me, it's not, it's not an old rugby injury. And I was going, yes, it, what do you mean? It's my body, I should know. And said, now, the reason why you've got issues with your right knee is because you're unfit and you're overweight. <laughs> this is honestly what it said to me, honestly. And, and, and because every time you get out of your car, you take a step over your right foot, because your muscles aren't strong enough around your knees and because you put on a lot of weight and you've put a lot of pressure on your knee, and that's why you have issues with your knee, because you're, you're overweight and you're unfit. I've got to tell you something. I almost picked up an offense right then and there. <laughs> There's a reason why I chose Caleb to hit him really hard, because he works out. He, he's strong. He's physically strong. If I picked out some, uh, some of your other people in this room, and I did the same thing to you, like how hard I hit Caleb, you'll be on your butt on the ground, and you'll be suing me the next day. Okay, taking me to court. <laughs> I'm picking up this offense, you know, and, or, or you'll, be, you'll be calling a physio, you know, and, um, and, you know some, and that's so true with, when it comes to our spiritual lives. You know, God is, you know, the Bible tells us God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound mind. But because you are spiritually unfit, because you're spiritually weak, you're not spending enough time in God's word. Therefore, you're not taking on the character of God and you're picking up offenses. When, when offenses come, you're hurt, you're knocked down. But there are others who take on the character of God because they spend time in His Word, they spend time uh, in prayer, and they take on the character of God. And when offenses come, it's like water off a duck's back, like, like how Caleb just said, no, it's all good, I'm fine. 
and we move on. And that's why we find it hard for fences. But we have to consciously, consciously exercise our mind to stop, to stop offenses from happening or to heal those wounds. So what is the exercise? The exercise is a verse that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. These, these are the words of Jesus. He says, but I say, we've been looking at this verse, if you've been coming along, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Those who talk about you behind your back. Those who tell everybody else how bad person you are, even when you've done nothing wrong. Those who spoke to you directly in your face and told you that you were no good, that your kids will, will, uh, will come to no good because you're not a good mother, because you're not a good father. Those who have treated you harshly. Jesus says this, pray for those who hurt you, who mistreat you. Pray for those. And you know, Jesus is not saying, oh, just tag it on to your prayer. Like, yeah, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, oh, what a beautiful day. Thank you for my car, my house, my children. Oh, yeah, by the way, um, bless, bless Willie. Bless him. It's not a tag on. Oh, like, thank you, Lord, for the food we eat. I mean, oh, yeah, by the way, bless Willie. It's not that kind of prayer. And some of us, we pray, that's, we kind of like tag, tag that on. And it's, and it's kind of like a weak prayer. It's kind of like if I train by myself. Seriously? And I'm, and I'm bench pressing, and I get to a point, yeah, I've done enough for a puff, and I rack it, and I'm done. I'm over. If I'm training with Caleb, he's like, come on, another five more, and another five more. What are you kidding me? So I'm like struggling with five more. I'm done. Okay, that, we're on odds. We've got to finish on evens. Let's do another two more. Are you kidding me? Another, let's do another two more. I, mean, I don't need another training for a guy. You know, but you know what? He makes me push through what's uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's when you push through what's uncomfortable is when you begin to grow, when your muscles begin to grow. And it's like you're spiritual. You need to push past what's uncomfortable. I don't, you know, they've hurt me, Lord, but I'm going to pray for your blessing. And we need to pray like how King David prayed. And if you've got your Bibles, turn with me, with me or turn on your devices. Let's turn with me to Psalms 35. This is a King David, one of the greatest kings Israel has ever come to know. He writes this in the book of Psalms, verse 35, verse 11. This is what he's praying. He says this, malicious witnesses testify against me. They accuse me of crimes I know nothing about. Does anybody know? Have you ever been accused of something you know nothing about? They repay evil for good. I'm sick with despair. Have you been in that place? You've been sick with despair because of what people are saying about you. That is untrue. And you're reading this and go, yeah, right on, Jesus. Right on, David. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Lord. Come on. Repay back what they did to me. But David doesn't go on like that. He, he goes on in, in, in verse uh, 13. Yet, when they were ill, I grieved for them. I denied myself by fasting for them. But my prayers returned unanswered. I was sad, as though they were friends or family, as if I was grieving for my own mother. So what Jesus is, what David is saying, what David is saying is this, look, come on, they've mistreated me. I've done nothing but good to them. But when they were sick, I prayed for them as if they were my friends, my family, as if they were my own mother. Let me tell you something. If your mom was so ill that they're almost about to die, you're not going to tag on a prayer, tag them on at the end of your prayer like, thank you, Lord, for the food. Oh, by the way, just pray for healing for my mom. Amen. You won't do that. You'll be storming heaven yeah. as much as you can. You'll be, going like, you'll be storming heaven every single day, every single moment of that. You'll be like, Lord, Father, and the authority given to me in the name of Jesus, release your healing power into my mom. You're storming heaven for your mother. And this is what David is saying. When you're praying for someone who's hurt you, you've got to storm heaven for them. And when you begin to do that, your wound begins to heal. Yeah. Lord, I just pray. Lord, Willie, Lord, an authority given to me, pray. Bless Willie. Thank you, Lord, that he brought up the All Blacks lost today. Thank you. But bless him. 
bless his heart. So we need to storm heaven. Because, because, because here's the application. Jesus shows us the way out of the trap. When you keep picking up those offenses again, when you find yourself in the trap, this is how you get out and you stay out of the trap. This is how you stop picking up the scandal, the bait stick of the devil. This is what you're doing. Jesus says this. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. You hear me preach this verse in so many series. I love this verse. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 to 24 says this. So this is Jesus. If you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember someone has something against you, so oh, here, you're putting God first. But if you're putting me first, but you realize something, someone has something against you, what does Jesus say? Leave your sacrifice there at the altar and go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. So this is what God's saying. Look, if you want to put me first, you've got to put other people first. You've got to put other people first. And a lot of people see this verse, and they, they interpret this verse like this. They'll go up to them and go, yeah, you know, Willie, I just want to say to you, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But you did this to me, you did that to me, you did this to me, you did that, you did this, but I forgive you. Are you happy? Thank you. I did it, Lord. Are you happy? You know, we kind of, <laughs> we can't interpret that, but that's not what God is doing. You know, you know we kind of like vomit, or vomit over everybody because of the way you mistreated me. You know, next time somebody comes up to you and say, I'm sorry, I forgive you, but, this is big but, okay, this is what I want you to do. Put a raincoat on. Zip it up. Put your umbrella up because they're about to vomit all over you for all the things you're mistreated, okay? That's not what Jesus had in mind. So what did Jesus have in mind when he said, go to your brother, go to your sister? What he had in mind was reconciliation. Reconciliation, that is how you get out of the trap, and that's how you stay out of the trap, and that's how you stop picking up those offenses ever again. Reconciliation, because reconciliation does not change your past. It doesn't change what has happened, but it will change your future. It will change the way that God has called you to live, to walk in his purpose, or cause you to walk in his purpose if you begin to reconcile with your brother and your sister. won't change your past, but it will change your future. That's what it does, because you've you got to understand there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. There's a huge difference, okay? You know, I, I forgive you. I, you know, I said... I used to move through life like this. I used to go like, you know what, if I, I've, in, in my lifetime, I had, I, I've had the opportunity to offend lots of people, okay? Okay, I'm, I'm admitting that. I offend lots of people. But this is what happened. When someone has a fence with me and I've got a fence with them, this is what I normally do. This is what I used to do. I used to go before God, God, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I forgive my brother, for my sister, what they did to me. But Lord, I, I totally forgive them. And then I'm like, you know what? I've got a clear conscience between me and God. I'm all good. I'm all good, right? They've got an issue. It's not my problem. Because I'm good between God. We've done this many times. That's, the, that's between them and God. It's not my problem. We just kind of, oh, that's your problem, not mine. But that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus says, go to your brother and sister. Go to them and reconcile with them. See, rec- see forgiveness frees one soul. Reconciliation, it frees two souls. When did Jesus forgive you? When did he forgive you? He forgave you at the cross. When they had beaten him, tore the beard from his face, put a crown of thorns on his head, as he bled to death on a cross, nailed, nailed there, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know, Jesus, he wasn't just talking to the people in front of him, the people at the cross. He was speaking through the ages, every generation, right through to me and you. Because you, gotta, you need to know this. 
it was your sin, it was my sin, that nailed Jesus to that cross. So when Jesus says, forgive them, he's talking about you. He forgave you at the cross. He didn't wait for an apology. Because many people are like, you know what, I'll reconcile when they apologize. When they apologize, that's when I'm going to reconcile with them. Right? I'm going to try. I can't even do that, okay? I'm not going to go there. I'll apologize then. You know, if Jesus had waited until you apologized, you would never have been forgiven at the cross. He didn't wait for an apology. While you were living your life far from Him, while you were hating Him, while you're spitting in His face, He died for you anyway. He didn't wait for an apology. So when were we reconciled with God? See, He forgave us at the cross. When were we reconciled? Is when we came to Him and we said, Lord, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Forgive me for my sins. I've tried it on my own, but I find myself in a pit. I'm sorry. True reconciliation happens through a heart of repentance. Repentance is a conscious decision to change the way you think. That I'm not going to do it again. I'm, 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 I'm ready to leave my life of sin and I'm making a conscious decision to turn away from my sin and head towards the love of God. And reconciliation happens when you make a conscious decision. You've got to exercise your mind. But I'm making a decision that I'm going to go to my brother and my sister and I'm going to create an atmosphere of love. I'm going to create an atmosphere of kindness. I'm going to create an atmosphere of peace and I'm going to say to my brother so much so that, that sorry, I am sorry. But when you create that atmosphere, you know, what, you know what happens? Your, your brother and your sister will, will begin to say, I'm sorry, because you've created an atmosphere of love and peace. This is what happens when we go up to them and say, well, I, I forgive you, but we create another atmosphere where your brother and sister go, well, excuse me. Reconciliation. That is the key to escape the trap. To escape the trap. And you know what happens when we reconcile with, with our brothers and sisters? We forget, you know, we do this whole process. Because this is what happens when we get offended, right? We take our offenses and we start gossiping to a whole bunch of, oh, sorry, I don't mean gossiping. Uh, I'm, I'm just burying my, burying my sins to one another so they can help carry my burden. Is that more Christian? Right? The go- gossip. No, sorry, not gossip. They're helping me carry my burdens. I, so I, I give it to 20 people <laughs> carrying my burdens. And, and, I, and I've given the offense now. There are 20 people offended with bully. Because <laughs> I've handed them my offenses. But then I reconcile with bully. This is what happens. I'm all good, but I forget to tell the other 20. I forget to tell Poro. And I'm all good. I see Willie. High five, Willie, man. man. I'm so good that we, we're reconciled. But I forgot to tell Poro. So every time Poro sees Willie, she's like this. That's why Willie, when you see her do this, that's because I forgot to tell her. Yeah. Every week I keep telling her, forget. <laughs> but here's the thing. You need to go and not, you see, when you reconcile with your brother, you need to reconcile with all the people that you got, I mean, sorry, I mean, you got people to share your load with. <laughs> so you can now, because reconciliation needs to happen to everybody, because it's time to put down these, these offenses. Because reconciliation is the only way to stop you from picking it up and escaping the trap. You know, uh, when we first came to this church 16 years ago, we got saved in this church, we reconciled with God. Three months into this, being a Christian, a follower, we signed up to our first connect group. This church was doing something called 40 Days of Purpose. 
And so we signed up, wrote my name, Porter wrote her name. The person who was in charge, the leader, one of the church leaders, came up to me and goes, oh, I've noticed that you and Portal have different last names. Uh, why is that? And I said, oh, it's because we're not married. And honest, this is exactly what it did. His eyes go big like this. He takes a step back. Honestly, he walks backwards like this. And he takes off, exit stage right. He's gone. It's like, whoa, I don't know if Michael Jackson was there. just did the moonwalk. He was gone. Right there, I had an opportunity to pick up an offense. Well, this church, they judge people. What a bunch of hypocrites in this church. Man, why did I even become a Christian? Why did I even join this church? Man, people in the world treat me better than the church, not this place. But you know, the grace of God was on our life. And you know what? To be honest, I I laughed. Because you know why? Because I was so grateful that God forgave me. Because what I did to God was nothing what my brother did to me. I still remember, like, I, I, when I came to the church, I didn't think I deserved to be here. I thought I wasn't good enough to be in this. But God forgave me, and, he, and I reconciled with him. Lord, I'm sorry. You know, as we, as believers, we've got short memories. We forget how much God has forgiven us. Yeah. But I'm not going to forgive him, her, for what you did to God. Pales in comparison what they did to you. And we, uh, we chose to forgive Three years later, let's fast forward three years later. We're married now, so it's all good. We got married. We're right before God. We're now the youth pastors. And who would have thought to put these crazy people in charge of the youth? We're now youth pastors. And this brother comes to me. And he comes to me. And this is what he says to me. He goes, look, Anton, I'm sorry. I was wrong. How I acted. You probably won't even remember. And I was like, yeah, I remember. <laughs> he goes, and he goes, look, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have acted like I did. I, I was just shocked and I reacted badly. And, and I've just watched how God has blessed you and your family. And I'm sorry. And I said, look, man, no, man, I, man. I, I was like, don't need to apologize. But I said, yeah, thank you. And I was like, don't need to apologize. Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> I was like, and, and honestly, we hugged. Reconciliation came. Honestly, we are so close. They moved to Auckland. We see them regularly. We stay at their house. They invite us. They are close, close, close friends. This is what reconciliation does. The devil does not want you to reconcile. As long as you don't reconcile, you have the opportunity to hold on or re-pick up that offense. Because reconciliation, it doesn't just change your past. It changes your future to the way that God has called you to walk. It's time for you to step into your purpose. Offenses build a fence around your heart. You know what? You know what this does? It doesn't just build a barrier between you and that person. It builds a barrier between you and God. And this is what the devil wants. You are in a trap and you are not even aware of it. You have been fooled by the devil. It is time to escape the trap. It is time to reconcile with your brother and your sister. Put down that offenses and reconcile. Come on, I... If you forget anything else during this whole series, I really want you to take hold of reconciliation. Because ultimately, God reconciled with you. And what you did to God, powers in comparison, comparison to what other people have done to you. See, the question is, will you take the bait, the scandaler? It is impossible that offenses will not come. So it will come your way. 
and you will have an opportunity to be offended. But what you do with your offense will determine your future.